Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. excited about being here? If you're not, just hang on. You will be. So, because we got good news. How many know the Bible's good news? Coming together on Sundays. Church days affect all your days. And hopefully if we do church right, they affect them in a good way. They're encouraging. They're, they're empowering. They, they help you see the world in a, in a clear um, perspective. You know, in the world, it kinda, you kind of get beat up a little sometimes. Anybody ever experienced that? You know, life gets a little tough sometimes. And we kind of guard ourselves. And then when we come in here to, to receive from God, we're still kind of guarded. But as we enter into praise, thank you, praise team. That was amazing. You guys did a great job. What happens is praise helps us open up to God. It kind of, you know, like my, my grandfather was a farmer. And uh, he, he talked about how important it is to break up the soil before you plant the seeds. If you don't break up the soil, the seeds won't go down in. They'll stay on the top. Then the birds come and they eat it and you don't have a crop. You know, and I rhymed right then. What do you think? Ooh, no, anyway. So, all right, I'm not cool, okay? We've established that. <coughs> you guys are going places. Now, just because they're on staff, that's not why they said that. <laughs> but what happens is if you break up the soil, the seed falls into the soil, down in it. And it's able to take root. It's able to grow and produce. <coughs> what we want to do through worship is we want to get you to kind of shake off the world. Get your heart ready to receive what God has. Because believe it or not, today God is going to give you a whole lot more than what I say. He's able to do that. Thank God. If he wasn't, we'd be in trouble. And as we, as we get started here, one of the most important things I want to do is I want to give our online family a little love. Can you guys do that with me? Can we welcome them? Online family, we love you. Uh, we'd love to hug your neck, but next best thing is saying, hey. All right? So we're going to jump right in. I'm still going with Seeking God First. We've got this series that we're doing. It may last all year. I don't know. But it's called But First. Life happens. How many of you know life happens? Struggles come. Storms come. And, you know, it's said that it's not what happens to you, but it's what you do when things happen that determine the outcome. We all have things happen to us, but it's what we do when things happen to us will determine the outcome. Some people stay in the pain. They never rise above it, and their life is, is, is miserable. Some people, bad things happen, but they turn to God. They allow Jesus who came. He said, I come to heal the brokenhearted. I come to set at liberty, to set free those who are bruised, talking about emotional wounds and pains. He came to set us free from that. So it's not what happens to us as much as what happens when we do something after it happens. When we turn to God and let him in on it, things can get better. I mean, he's the healer. How many of you ever been hurt by somebody else? Don't look next to you if that's the person who hurt you. Don't do it. But you've been hurt by other people. Even if they wanted to, they can't come and take that hurt away. What's done is done. But Jesus, God, can come on the inside of us and he can heal. He can make right. The Bible talks about shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. It's that state of being when you're walking with God. He comes in and makes it right. Amen? So as we press on to a new part, we're not calling this, this series, but first, we're going to be talking about the reality of heaven. And you know what happens is a lot of us, we kind of, we, we, we lose focus on just how important it is to understand heaven and how important it is to understand hell. There's so many commercialized, cartoonized, um, just, just crazy ideas about, about heaven and about hell that it minimizes, it diminishes the reality of what it really means to us. 
And we need to have a, as clear of understanding as possible about heaven and a clear understanding about hell. And to be honest with you, we're very limited. We're very limited in what we can understand or ascertain from the word about heaven and hell because Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, I'm going to go into this in a little bit, but when the Bible says that, that he, he, he wrote in his letter that he was called up to the third heaven, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but he said he saw things that there were no words. He, he, there, there wasn't the capacity in the human language to describe what he saw. So when we look in the Bible, we see a whole lot more about life here than we do life there. But that doesn't mean we don't need to be aware of it. And we need to understand there is something that happens after this life ends. There's, they call it an afterlife. I believe it's, 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 it's the, the best part of life is when we spend eternity, if we're Christ followers, with Jesus in heaven. Amen. And that's a goal for every person. That's God's goal for every person on the planet. And if it's God's goal... Guys, it should be our goal, Amen. right? Because we're seeking him first and his way of doing things. Matthew 6, 33. It's been our text scripture for the whole first part of the year. If we're seeking him and his way of doing things, his values should become our values. Do you guys realize it's six weeks until Easter? Today. Six weeks. We're almost a third way through the year already. Isn't that crazy? Six weeks from today is the, the Super Bowl of Christians. I mean, it's, it's our big event. It, it's when Jesus rose from the dead. He, he came, he paid the price, he was crucified, he died for us, died the death of a sinner, even though he knew no sin, was put in the tomb, and then three days later, he came out of that tomb because his mission, his, his plan of redemption had been, it'd been done, it's sealed. And he did that so that we could have eternity in this place called heaven in relationship, in fellowship with God. But we don't have to wait to get to heaven to start that relationship and that fellowship with God because he took away the thing that separated us from God. Does that make sense? So statistics show this year, more than many years in the past, statistics show that more people are open to be invited to church this year well, why would that be? Well, because everything they had confidence in has been shaken. Oh, no, science is it. Well, now science depends on who funds the research, whether it's scientific or not. You know, well, well, you know, the government will always take care of us. Well, you know, maybe not so much anymore. You know, well, the economy's good, and I've planned, and I've got, well, you know, FTX kind of took care of a lot of that for everything. Everything they had confidence in has been shaken. And they're desperately looking for something that they can have confidence in. And what it's done is it's opened them to the good news of the gospel. God wants to use us to present the gospel in a way where they'll be open to hear it. And we don't go judge them and tell them how they're sinners and they're no good, dirt daubers, and God's mad at them. That's not our call. Our call is to tell them God loves them right where they are. Jesus has already made a way for them. And their responsibility is to accept what's already been done for them, right? And this year, more than many years past, the people who are far from God, who do not walk with God, are more open to receive an invitation to church than ever before. Wow, one person is excited about that. <laughs> oh, people? Yeah. I, I can live them with them or without them. I don't really care. God says he wishes that none would perish, meaning miss heaven. So get out of your own way and be excited about we have an opportunity to reach the lost like never before. Never in our lifetime before we have an opportunity to reach the lost. This year, well, what does that mean? All of a sudden we tense up and we, we get weird. Now I'm setting a foundation for our series here, guys. I want you to understand, how many of you know someone? No, I just came out from under the rock today to sit here. <laughs> you know someone. Does everybody here that knows someone, raise your hand. 
Okay, now, everyone who's obstinate will not raise their hand no matter what I say. Raise your hand. Yeah, I saw a hand. I didn't. <laughs> we all have people in our lives that don't know God. They're not walking with Jesus. They've never accepted him as Lord and Savior. And we have an opportunity to prepare now. We've got six weeks to do it. One of the things, and God placed this on my heart, one of the things that, that causes people to actually, lack of a better term, to care about other people is when they have an understanding, when they, when they see the reality of heaven and the reality of hell. So God has led us to bring this into our series and to talk about, basically, the reality of heaven. And if you talk about heaven, you can't leave out that there's a hell. And see, when we leave this earth, there's only two possible destinations. And before I get into that, we ought to pray. So bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's go before God and prepare our hearts. Worship has got us there, but now let's make an open decision, to, uh, a conscious decision to say, God, fill me today. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we've come here to hear revelation from you. I ask you to bless my words. Use my mind to present this in a way that, that Father, you can use it to enlighten the hearers so that they may see the priorities that you've placed before them and be willing to be tools in the master's hand to accomplish your will. I thank you that we're free from distractions here this morning and we right now declare that we will be better when we leave than when we got here. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. So when we talk about heaven, we're just going to jump in. We realize there's really only a couple promises in the word about heaven. And you may think, well, why is that? Isn't heaven kind of a big deal? It is, but the majority, I mean, by far, the majority of promises in God's word are for this life, not for heaven. And the reason is, is because in heaven, you won't need so many promises like you need in this life. Like in heaven, you won't need peace. Why? Because there's nothing to upset you there. You're not going to need healing in heaven. Why? Because there's no sickness or disease in, in heaven. Well, what about the bills? Am I going to be able to pay the bills in heaven? There are no bills in heaven. FP&L's not there. Jesus lights it up. Amen? So we don't need so much when we get to heaven because it's paradise. It's perfect. There's no problems there. The problems are here. But because the majority of the promises of God are um, available for us in this life, we don't want to lose track or lose sight or perspective that there is a heaven to gain. And see, so many of us as believers, we get so focused on the life we're living that we forget to even consider there's a heaven to gain. There's a heaven that we're going to go to. It is our destination. It, it is the place where we will reside for eternity. And if you study end times, you'll find out that a new heaven and a new earth will come and, 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 and will manifest and there will be a new Jerusalem. But basically, we're going to be in heaven. It's just going to come to where we are. Amen? So I don't have time to go into that today. But, and the thing that we see is as God is revealing to us the importance of understanding there's a heaven. It's real. The process of us gaining our, our perspective of that is we have to understand that the, when we're teaching the word, when we're, when we're preaching the gospel, when we're trying to let our light shine, everything we do should involve, and, and we'll put it on the screen here, how to live here. There's a right way to live here and how to get there. <clears throat> I was having a discussion with a couple of the guys out back this morning, and we were talking about the life here and yeah, we're going to heaven because we know Jesus. The three of us were out there. We know Jesus. We're going to heaven. But there's a process that God has, 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 has empowered us. He's, he's called us to, to live out while we're here. And the reason is so we can show other people how to live here and how to get there. God uses each one of us as a calling card to his plan for our eternity. 
He, he wants people to look at us and say, there's more. People should be able to look at your life and say, man, there's more. Because so many people, they're desperate for there to be something more than the life they have right now. I mean, you know some people where life is hard. And let me tell you something. The people you know where life is hard, there's places where life is so much harder. Honestly, living in this country, we do pretty well globally compared to the rest of the world. But there are places in this world, real people taking a breath just like you and me, that life is unbearable in some days. And we have to be able to let our light shine. You say, well, I'm never going to be there. Yeah, but we send people there. Our church supports people that are around the world, letting their light shine, letting people know there's a way to live here and there's a way to get there. And it's good news because it's provided through the grace and the love of God himself. Amen? Amen. You guys with me? So it's all about, and we boil it down, to everybody live somewhere forever. Now there's that person that says, well, you know, I, I don't believe in heaven and hell. That doesn't change the fact there's a heaven and hell. And here's the reality. We choose. Every one of us choose where we're going to spend eternity. And, and I hear people, and, and to be honest, I get a little short with this, and I try not to because I should walk in love. But I get irritated at people that come up and their argument to me preaching the gospel is, well, how could a loving God send anybody to hell? And that's like talking bad about my mama. Because my, my Heavenly Father doesn't send anybody to hell. Matter of fact, He sent a Savior. To, we were all lost. We all fell short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. And sin is, is, is the thing that separates us. So he says, you know what? I'm going to take care of it for them because he loves us so much. He sent his son, Jesus, to come to this earth, to take on flesh, to live as a, as a mere mortal, if you will. He's God, and he becomes one of us. And he lives out a life of perfection. I mean, you talk about somebody, you ever hang out with somebody where they're like the overachiever and, you know, it's, it's cool hanging out with them because you get a lot of attention, but then when you're around them, it starts wearing down like, man, this guy always has it going on. Everybody wants to talk to him and not me, you know, and I had a friend like that in school, in grade school. His name was Kevin, and we were kind of rowdy and stuff, and I blame that on my dad, but um, it's, it's passed down from the fathers, you know. My dad's name was Mr. Rowdy. But anyway, oh, Dad, you're here today. I'm sorry, I didn't realize. <laughs> but we, we, we got a lot of trouble. We fought a lot. And I'm not talking about the gangs of New York. I'm talking about sixth graders in Mooresville, Indiana. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it's not like we're carrying Uzis and stuff. But in that setting, we fought a lot and stuff. Kevin was the toughest kid in the school. I was the second toughest kid in the school. Probably because I hung out with Kevin. People didn't want to fight me because they knew Kevin would be on my side. But anyway, I was tough. I was tough as nails as any sixth grader could be. <laughs> Don't you forget it. But you know what? It ate at me every day that he was the one people wanted to hang out with, that he was the one that was tougher, that he was Mr. All the, although he was the nicest guy in the world. He wasn't pretentious. He wasn't overbearing. He was Mr. Nice Guy. He was just tough as nails. And I was his best friend. And I let it eat at me to where I couldn't stand to be around him. Because all I saw was what I wasn't when I was next to what he was. Does that make sense? So I ended up costing myself that relationship. I ended up picking a fight with him, which I was quickly reminded why he's the toughest kid in school. And, I kept, and he kept saying, no, man, we don't need to do this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I was so consumed with flesh with self that that's all I could see and he ended up just hitting me one time and that was enough for me to say hey you know what I agree with everybody you are you, know, <laughs> you are the you know but Jesus came and he was all that he was perfect and there are people in the world today where they resent the fact that we say Jesus is perfect 
And when we say that he died for them, they get offended because I didn't ask him to. I don't need a savior. I'm good on my own. But in reality, they're not. They're not. Because see, what happened was that year, sixth grade, Kevin moved away. And in our school system, it was first through sixth, middle school was seven and eight, and then high school was nine to 12. From six to seven, this amazing thing happened. I was pretty big in sixth grade. But somebody gave all the other kids in town steroids that summer. And when we came back to school, seventh grade, I walk in and all the kids I used to you know, be afraid of me, I'm like, what happened? There's no Kevin. It's just me. So it was a tough year. It was a tough year. A lot of people decided to get even. But the point is that Jesus Christ came. He was it. He was the, the guy. But he lived like he was no big deal. And, and in his example of living, as we realize that the best of us is still not good enough. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much you think you've done right. The Bible says your self-righteousness is like filthy rags compared to true righteousness. And Jesus Christ was true, truly righteous. And he got to the end of his life and he says, you know, this is the mission I'm here for. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my life. I'm going to die the death of a sinner so that all of us could inherit something that no sinner ever could on their own, a place in, in, in heaven where God resides, a place called paradise, a place that God wants to spend eternity with us in very close and intimate relationship. It's a pretty cool thing. So Jesus, the Bible says, literally became sin. He took on the sins of man, every man, every woman. He took them so that we could take on his righteousness. That's why we're not righteous in ourselves, but the Bible says in Christ, we're the righteousness of God. And what righteousness means, it sounds like a real spiritual churchy word, but what it means is you're in right standing. You have no ought, no, no, no mark against you. God looks at you and he sees you as if you were sinless. Now, for some of you like Eric, that's a big deal. You know, I'm not being mean. He'll tell you, he was chief sinner. He was. But you know, when God sees Eric now, he sees him as if he's never sinned. Because Eric has accepted what Jesus did for him, and now he's guaranteed residency in heaven. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that when we receive Jesus, we are, we're, we're taken out of this kingdom of darkness, and we're put into, we're translated into, we're, we're submersed in this kingdom of light. Not because of what we do. He hasn't done enough right to get to heaven. Neither have I or anybody else. But Jesus gave us his righteousness, which allows us, the Bible says, now hear this, this is important stuff. It's setting the stage for what we're going to talk about. The Bible says that we can boldly, now that's a big word, we can boldly come to the throne of God. Now this is a position where sin cannot exist in the presence of God because he's pure, right, he's pure holy. There's nothing dark in him. And when, when sin comes, it's like when darkness comes into to contact with light, it has to leave, it's, it's dispelled. You can be in the darkest cave in the world and you turn on a flashlight and darkness is dispelled. That's the way God's holiness is with sin. Have we sinned? Yeah, we have. You know you have. I know you have. God told me. No, I'm just kidding. But, but our sin doesn't separate us from God any longer because we've been given the righteousness of Christ through this great exchange and accepting what he did on our behalf. Make sense? You guys with me? So the reason that we need to understand this and we need to have a, a clear perspective of what heaven is because when you realize that heaven's for real, you have to also accept that hell is for real. And when you realize hell is for real and people who do not accept what Jesus did for them, they don't get to go. You see, what happens is when we, when we take our last breath on this earth, 
whether it's by dying, our body exasperating, doesn't work anymore, or we fly. Now some of you say, well, what does that mean? The Bible talks about a day coming where Jesus is going to come back and he's going to come for his church and we're going to meet him in the sky. We call it the rapture. It's a church word. And, and when he comes back for us, we're going to fly and meet him in the sky. Now, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I really want to do that. It just sounds so cool. Doesn't it sound cool? But if he doesn't come back before this body quits... The Bible tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So what I'm saying here, and we have people from all different beliefs, all different denominations and things and, and backgrounds, and I don't mean to step on your, 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 your toes here, but there is no holding tank somewhere where you die here and you're in this, this you know, somebody gave you, hey, take this number and stand over there. That doesn't happen. The Bible's very clear. You could study it out. I've studied it out. To be absent from... And, and science now proves that if your body ends, it stops living, there is actually something that leaves your physical body. Now remember, and we've talked about this, we are a spirit. That's who we are. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and our emotions. And we live in this body. In one place it calls it this earthly tent. This is our earth suit. It's not who we are. When we die, our spirit, which is on the inside, because we, we are a spirit, we live in a body. When we die, our spirit then goes to be with God. And it goes to this place, and it's a certain part of what the Bible describes as heaven. It's actually the third heaven. We leave. If Jesus comes back and, comes back and gets us before our body dies... The Bible says that we fly, and in the process, in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, that our body is transformed to this glorified body. I can't wait for that, man. This one, it's getting old, saggy, and baggy. I'm ready for that new glorified body, you know? <laughs> you know, let's do it! Um, but, you know, that's if he comes back before this body exasperates. Um, we are trans transferred or transformed immediately into this glorified body that we will have for eternity. If we die before that happens, then this body gets left here. We go on to the third heaven. And then when Jesus comes back, the Bible says those who are dead in Christ will rise first. Our bodies, whether they're cremated, thrown in the sea, or buried, or whatever you did with your body when you go, it comes back and is immediately translated or transformed into the glorified body, and you're re reunited with this new body. Okay? This is kind of the picture of heaven and where we're going. Now, I want you to get that because this is what everyone who doesn't know Jesus will miss. The people you love. The people you work with. The people you're not real fond of. If they don't know Jesus, they'll never go to this place we're talking about, heaven. And the only way we can try to, to give them the best opportunity to be able to go there is for us to know how to live here and how to get there. Because how many you know people follow examples? People always follow examples. You say, why are you doing that? Well, they did it. And the old saying, well, if they jumped off the bridge, would you jump off the bridge? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people do. They, they, they follow examples. They go after what other people do. And, and the reality is everybody spends, some, uh, spends forever somewhere. That's real. So now we're entering in this new time where more people are open to hearing the gospel than ever before. And with us, with understanding, being believers, with understanding that every set of eyes you see, when you look out of your eyes, every one of them are going to spend eternity somewhere. It kind of makes the reality of the responsibility of the body of Christ a little more real, a little more important. God says he wishes none would perish. Well, what's he doing about it? He's sending us into their lives so that we can show them how to live here and how to get there. Does that make sense? You guys with me? And, and this is something that, that we need to realize that 
God's very serious about it. And, and you know, our culture has, has dumbed down spirituality, God, the reality of God, the reality of heaven. Matter of fact, your, most of your uh, mainstream media and stuff, they, they mock it. They make it like it's not real. It's, it, there's no value to it. But that's all a plan of the enemy, which we have an enemy, to stop us from showing people how to live here and how to get there. If they don't believe there is a hell, why would they care how they're supposed to live here? Most people, they're like, ah, there's nothing after this life. And if there's nothing after this life, then of course, why not go out and take everything you can? Because this is your shot. This is all you got. But if there is an eternity, there's a different way to live. And we're going to look at that today. You guys with me? The reality is, and, and we need this, everybody to know this, that every single person, God doesn't choose whether you go to heaven or hell. You do. Personally, your mom and dad can't choose for you. Your girlfriend can't choose for you. You know, your teacher can't. You choose. Heaven's a reality. Hell's a reality. You choose where you're going to spend eternity. Because everybody spends eternity somewhere. Everybody lives somewhere forever. And there's only two choices. There's heaven, and there's, help me, a couple of you. All right, I need a little more help than that. And we know that God is what? God is good, right? And the devil is bad. bad. Excellent, excellent. You guys are doing great. You're doing great. You're going to get gold stars today. Now, heaven, yes. Hell, bunch of cussers. Anyway, so it's a, it's a choice we make. It's a choice we make. God did everything to give us the choice, but we choose. Now, I have loved ones who say they don't believe in heaven or hell. They don't believe in God. I have the knowledge that heaven and hell are a reality. And if you don't make heaven there's only one other place. You go somewhere else. So I spend a lot of time praying, and I try to live a life that shows them heaven's real, hell's real, and the lies that you've been given through your life are just that. They're fake. They're propaganda. To, get, to devalue what we do with the choice of heaven or hell. Does that make sense? And I believe that it's our job to let everybody know, and, and this is what they say, you know, and I talked about this, why, why would a good God send, send, a loving God send people to hell? And that becomes their excuse for not believing in God because they've defined him, if he's real, as this bad guy that doesn't really care, so why would we serve a bad God? You know, if, if he'll send good people to hell, then why would I... And, and it's just a dupe. It's a lie. It's a con. You see, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He come that through him the world might be saved. He didn't come to judge us. He came to save us. Save us from what? Hell. Separation from God for eternity. And when you get this, and, and this whole part of this is for you to just get an understanding that heaven's for real. And everything we do as a church and as a believer should involve letting people see how to live here and how to get there. Amen. Because there is forever. There's no second shot. There's no, oh, let me go back and do it again. Nope. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. They get a shot here. And it's their choice. And God, as heartbreaking as it is, will honor their choice. So when we leave today, it's easy like this. Like here, there's a lot of believers, right? How, how many believers do we have? Let me see, you're a believer. You believe in Christ. You've accepted him. Let me see your hands. Okay, so there's a lot of us here, right? But you know, out those doors, there's, there's, there's not as many. Matter of fact, sometimes we're the minority in, in, the, in the setting, so God says, while you're out there, be mindful. Think about it. 
Do you know what Publix? I'm standing next to people who without Jesus, they will spend eternity in this place that we only have limited understanding, but it's a place of torment. Just the description we have is just like horrific. But if I'm not careful as a believer, I can get so focused on me and what's on sale and, you know, is there still a buy one, get one free on that? You know, that I don't even think. And I don't mean become a preacher and put your, your soapbox down and start preaching with your words in public. But let your actions be your sermon. Treat people right. Treat them like they matter to God. Don't, as a believer, and this, this irritates me worse than people saying, how could a good God send people to hell? Or how could a loving God send people to God? Is a Christian, a person who says they've received Jesus, judging and criticizing and condemning people that are far from God? I mean, how dare you? The only reason you know about God is because somebody else showed you. Jesus didn't come down and, and preach your own private message. If he did, it's probably, it probably wasn't him. We're going to talk about that next week. How dare you elevate yourself to a place where you can judge and condemn anybody else when your job the whole time is to show them that God loves them right where they are. Jesus already paid the price for what they've done. And he's got a way for them to be free from the sins that hold us in bondage in this life. You know, there's no sin in heaven. We don't have to worry about that. We've got to deal with it here. And we've got to show them that it's been dealt with through Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, as we go on, and I've got a little bit more time, I, I want us to realize this. That Look at um, Psalms 19, verse 1. Talking about the reality of heaven. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. You can look and see that there's a God if you really want to. You can see there's a God just by looking around. They display his craftsmanship. Psalm 33 verse 6 says, The Lord, the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and the stars were born. I mean, it's incredible. And I'm giving you just a quick overview of this. But when I was out in South Dakota last August, in a little town called Wall, South Dakota, little town, little bitty town, and we were in an in a RV, and we sit outside, and you look up, and their sky is completely different than our sky. I mean, it's incredible. We sit there, and the sky is full of stars, just incredible. And we could literally sit there, and we could see satellites all through the night, constantly, just I mean, it wasn't like, oh, there's one. No, it's like, look, 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 there, there. The sky is so clear. You look up and you see all of these stars and you see all of this. And it's like, there's got to be a God. This stuff didn't just happen. And I'm not talking about the satellites. I'm talking about the stars and, and just the whole creation of the heavens. And in, in actually, we'll just don't turn there. But in Psalms 115, verse 15 and 16, it says that, they were all created by God, and they all belonged to God. Well, why are we talking about the sky? Because that's part of the heavens that the Bible talks about. And we're going to kind of unpack that for just about two or three minutes. The heavens. The first heaven, the Bible talks about the first heaven, actually starts right above the ground. That's the first heaven. And when it talks about the heavenlies, that's the first heaven. That's the air that we breathe. That's the, the, the air that birds fly through. That's where the sun and the stars are. That, how high it goes, we don't really know. But we know when, it, when the Bible refers to the heavenlies, it starts right above the ground. And that is the seen heaven. That's where we see it. It's physical. We, we see it with our eyes. And, and we can acknowledge that, wow, look at this. You know, I see this. You, know, you don't have to have faith about it because it's right in front of your face. That's the first heaven. The second heaven the Bible talks about, that's the unseen. That's the part we don't see. And I'm telling you this so you understand heaven's for real, guys. And there's, we have a part to play in, in what that means to the world around us. The second part is the part that we don't see. It's actually, and you ready for this? The second heaven is, is headquarters, if you will, for enemy, the enemy, the devil demonic activity that's unseen for the most part it's unseen there are times where you can actually see 
things come into the scene, they come in from the unseen, and they can be seen. And just a real short look at that, you say, well, I don't know about that. Remember when the shepherds were in the field? And the angel appeared to them. Angel is a heavenly body the Bible talks about. He came from the unseen into the scene. The shepherds could see the angel. He could hear what, they could hear what he was saying. Good news, peace to all men. Remember that? You guys with me? Christmas story? Okay, that was the unseen breaking into the scene. And the Bible says that, that, that suddenly there was a heavenly host. They, they lit up the sky and they sang praises to God. That was the unseen coming into the scene. So we have the first heaven, which is visible. It's where we are. You have the second heaven, which is the unseen. And it's also where miracles come from. You know, like you ever been somewhere and all of a sudden you see a miracle. I mean, you just, I mean, can't be explained. Scientifically can't be explained away. That's a miracle. I had it in youth group one time. We had a young guy who came. He had a, a wound on his leg right here. And a big sore, open open sore and he didn't bandage because they were wanting the air to help it heal and the doctor told him to keep the bandage off so he comes to youth group with this big ugly oozy sore you know and we're like hey dude gross you know but good youth pastor what i say i said well let's pray about that now i could see that it was a sore i know that it hadn't healed and it'd been some time and i said let's pray about it so i told him put your hand down there i ain't touching it you put your hand down there and he put his hand down there, and I put my hand on his. Now, he didn't lay it on the sword. He put it around it. And I put my hand on his. Why? Because the Bible says that believers will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So I, I, I prayed for this sore on his leg. Then I went, and I started doing my youth pastor message. And I'm teaching. And all of a sudden, the girls in the back started screaming. And I'm thinking, all right, what did he do? You know, <laughs> what's he up to? Because you get used to that in youth group. What did he do? And uh, they're screaming. I go, what's going on? And they can't talk. And they're pointing like this. And right in front of our eyes, at a youth meeting, youth meetings are powerful, right in front of our eyes, that sore scabbed over. I mean, you watched it scab over. It was a miracle. No medical science can do that instantly right in front of your face. It was a miracle. So the unseen... The provision of heaven showed up in the scene and changed what we saw, which brought healing to his leg. Does that make sense? So second heaven's unseen, but sometimes second heaven comes into first heaven. Now, then you have the third heaven, and I'm getting ready to close. You have the third heaven, and the third heaven is uh, the place where God resides. Now, well, isn't God everywhere? God is everywhere, but he has a place where his throne is, the throne of God. It's it's. It's the place where his manifest presence are. There's, there's angels and beings that fly around him for eternity, declaring his goodness. I mean, that's, that's where the present is. Remember when Jesus left the earth, he went and he was seated at the right hand of the Father. That's third heaven. That's where that is. So we have miracles and things that come from third heaven. We got the demonic that shows up from second heaven. And then we got first heaven, which is what we see. Heaven is real. And that's why the Bible says the heavens, it's plural, heavenly, Hev heavenlies, Sorry, forget that. I don't have time for that part. So, but anyway, what we see is in this, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, just to give you a little more nugget on what we're standing on. For we, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen, that's what we're talking about, the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, against the evil spirits in heavenly places. So you see, we're, we're talking about what the Word says. So now think about it. We, we don't battle against flesh and blood anymore for, for who we are in Christ. We battle against principalities and powers. And, and we do that against powers in where? Where? Come on, you're paying attention, right? No, no, I heard somebody say Washington. That's not the answer I'm listening for. So... <laughs> And we see evil, we see evil powers, we got to fight against it. And no, not Hollywood, not Hollywood. Think about it. It's in the unseen world. There is a, there is a realm that is unseen. It's real, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And God is making us aware of it in his word. And it says that because of who we are in Christ, we have the ability to stand against them. 
That's why here, what, what stopped evil from coming forth? What we did a little while ago with the praise team. As you worship and you praise God, it holds back evil. It stops the advancement of evil. But there's places on this earth where people don't worship God. People don't sing about how good he is and the power of, of, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And guess what? There's a lot more manifested, seen evil in those areas. So why am I telling you all this? This stuff is for real, y'all. And people's eternity weighs in the balance. And if we understand just how real heaven is, it might motivate us to live a life that shows people there's a right way to live here and there's a way to get there. Because without accepting what Jesus did, they don't get to go there. And by default, they go there, which is a place of torment for eternity, forever. Worse than you can imagine. And people are so important to God that he's charged the body of Christ to let the world know there's a heaven to gain and there's an earth to shun. You say, Pastor Mike, why is this important? Look, we got a bunch of people here today, right? You know what I'm believing for? I'm believing for two services, packed. You know why? Because as long as heaven and hell are a reality, church growth should not be an option. We should care enough about people that, well, I invited people, they didn't come, so I gave up. What do you mean you gave up? This is not talking about whether you, you want to have an ice cream sundae with a cherry on it or not. This is talking about people going to heaven or hell, eternity. We should value what God values. And what helps us value what God values is understanding the reality that there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. But Pastor Mike, why are we talking about this now? Because Easter is in six weeks. And I'm going to do my very best to let you know, first of all, it's not hard to let your light shine. You just have to focus on it. You do it on purpose. You discover that you have a purpose and you live that purpose on purpose. And God does the work. God does the heavy lifting. He's the one that draws people that are ready to receive it across your path. You just have to be there. I mean, how much is that? That's why you're called human being. All you got to do is be there. And God's going to help. He's going to use that. You being there, living the way you were supposed to here, knowing how to get there. He's going to use that to lead people out of darkness, to lead people out of being lost forever and come into the saving knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. He's counting on us. Well, it sounds like you're going to expect me to do something. I'm not comfortable with that. God never said you'd be comfortable. So get over it and get about being what seek first. Start looking at what God's about, not what you're about. And his righteousness, which is what it means to know how to get there. Amen? You guys with me? We're going to get people in here for Easter? We're going to see people change their eternal address from hell to heaven by what God's already placed on the inside of it. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. Heavenly Father, I thank you for divine revelation. I thank you for conviction of the Holy Spirit for each and every one of us to grab a hold of what we've been grabbed a hold of for, to let our light shine in such a way that as you draw the people who are ready to receive across our path. They will see you in the way that we live our lives. They will see you in the way we conduct ourselves. And Father, your heaven will gain and we'll be blessed being a part of what the Master's doing. We ask this, we believe we receive it. And everybody here, I don't know where you are spiritually, to be honest with you, and I'm not here to judge you, but I am here to give you an opportunity because this is what it's really all about. If you're here today or if you're online today and you don't know Jesus Christ personally, not generally, personally, you've made room in your life for him to come in. You've said, I accept what he's done on my behalf. I now open my heart to allow him to come into it. I receive him as Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that, then today is your day. Today is the day that God wants to see you accept his son, Jesus Christ. And we're going to give you that opportunity, whether you're online or whether you're here in this room. 
If you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, but you heard something today that lets you know just how much God loves you and what he has for you, this place called heaven, it's incredible. And we're going to go into more detail, but what he has for you, then I encourage you to right now, nobody's looking around. Understand this, I'm not going to call you down. This is not a time for you to have to stand up and declare something in front of a bunch of strangers and stuff. I'm just giving you the opportunity to raise your hand. I want to know who you are so I can be praying for you. But ultimately, this is between you and God. You're saying, yes, Lord, today I receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You raise your hand. Nobody else is going to see it because they all have their eyes closed. And it's between you and God. Is that you today? Somebody here, you say, you know what? I need this. I need what you're talking about, preacher. I, I need that decision. And I see your hand. Anybody else? You say, you know what? Today's my day. Today's my day. Anybody? Maybe if you're online, go ahead and raise your hand so you have a point of contact to the decision that you made today. And we've got some information for you, and we're here to help you. We want you to know we're going to be praying for you as you, as you continue this walk with God. And, and it is so important for you to understand you're not left alone, but you have help from heaven now available to you because you have been translated, as we say this prayer, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So let's say this together for the person who raised their hand or somebody online. Everybody together with me say, Father, today I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Today I change my address. I open my heart and I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Thank you.